Welcome back, everyone, to the Peanut Gallery Podcast. It is episode 21. We are recording this Monday night. It is the 26th of October here. Uh, it's just shy of 8 p.m. Central Time in both Kansas City and Dallas. Um, I believe the Rams game against the Bears is still 0-0 right now, um, based on what I just looked on ESPN. So that's going on right now. Um, Jared, how you doing, man? How's how's life? How's your week going? It was good. I uh, called some upsets, got some favorites, a uh, decent week of, you know, uh, sports and betting. So it's exciting. Yeah, no, I, dude, we had a, we had a fun, fun time in our group chat with gambling this weekend. It was, it was good times, uh, which we'll get into later. I'm going to save that tidbit for the end where it belongs. Now let's go down to the usual tiering system. We'll talk first about the Christopher Nolan games. Uh, so let's dive in right into the game of the week. Jared, we both predicted this correctly. The Steelers 5-0 and facing the other undefeated team 5-0, and Tennessee Titans. Going into Tennessee, pulling off the upset, winning 24 to, or excuse me, 27-24 to uh, with kind of a surprising turnover ratio. If, if you were to just look at like the team stat lines, the Titans did win the turnover battle by three and still lost. Jared, overall, what did you think about this game and, and what were your thoughts? I'm sure you were glued to your TV. Yeah, so I called this game uh, saying Steelers were going to win by three points, 31 to 28. So I got the point differential correct. Um, and there's a couple games we'll get to later on um, that I was also incredibly close on calling on, on the dot. So, uh, but for the Steelers game, uh, I I liked how the Steelers got ahead early. Um, I mean, they were leading fourteen to zero at the be- you know towards the beginning of the second quarter quarter, and then by halftime it was twenty four to seven. So I mean, it was Pittsburgh all the way, and I figured Tennessee would have a decent second half and come back a little bit, which they did um, because in the second half the Steelers kind of died off. Um, I think they scored a field goal and and that was it. Um, what the Steelers are doing really well right now is I like how they're working the ball around with their different players. Ben has been throwing to every person on that team. Um, so the week before, uh, as fantasy owners know, Chase Claypool was the target this week. It was Johnson. Um, I have Smith Schuster on my team and I'm waiting for his week to come, but I mean, they're, he, he's handing that ball off to everybody. Um, even the tight end was getting some good looks. So I really like how the Steelers are working the ball around to all their players. Um, and that really, they really did a good job of spacing out that Titans defense. So uh, from the Titans aspect, it seemed like, um, at least in the first half, Ryan Tannehill was just struggling. And, you know, it, it got close there towards the end and he had a better second half. The whole team did. Um, but it wasn't enough at the end. Yeah, no, I am. Um, I agree. So far, everything you said, some notes that stood out to me and just watching the game live, obviously, because um, this is the best game to watch at noon. Plus we had money on the game. I thought the Steelers overall, especially first half completely dominated as you saw with the scoreboard. Um, and even in the second half, they they still played well. They just didn't really convert. 
anything into points outside of that that field goal. Um, some of that was due to also the two turnovers in the second half that were were thrown by Big Ben, which is worrisome, and and that's kind of always been a little little bit of a worry about the Steelers team. Um, I still think you know they're one of the top five teams in the league, of course. Um, and so overall for this game, right, they had the ball for 37 minutes, which I think attributed to the Titans not playing as well, right? You know, it's just really hard to get any type of momentum or energy or positive vibes going when you only have the ball for 23 minutes of the game. Another thing they did well, which both you and I predicted, I believe, uh, Derrick Henry, really a non-factor, only had 75 yards rushing, which if you go look at the recipe for how to beat this Titans team, it is stopping them. Uh, the Chiefs did it in the AFC title game last year. The Steelers have done it this year. That That is how you beat the Titans, by making Ryan Tannehill try to beat you. And it's just really hard, especially when you're going against the Steelers defense, who is one of the top five defenses in the league, probably in, in my eyes, number one overall. And it was just tough out there. It was tough for Tannehill. It was tough for this team. They played well. They did mount a comeback. I almost thought the Steelers were going to blow it. The game-time field goal went uh, off the uprights, if I remember correctly. And I was I was holding my breath because I was not going to be a happy camper if the Steelers blew that game after being up 24-7 uh, to 7 at half. Um, but, yeah, so Steelers right now, only undefeated team in the league. And the reason for that is, as we segue into the next game here, is because Jared Davis – called it his team the team he predicted to go to the playoffs the arizona cardinals pulled off the upset jared why don't you uh they you know. did they did uh so i had that game at 38 to 35 final score wow 37 wow. 34 once again i got the point differential right um and i was just off by one point for both team both teams uh man what a game like i think that was probably my favorite game of the week um, right next to the Chiefs blowing out the Broncos. <laughs> Just because. Of know, course, obviously, you know. A little biased on that one. But, right. <laughs> yeah, so this game, um, you know, Seattle, it was kind of like back and forth, and Seattle just got the quick start. So Seattle put up 10 points right away. And then, you know, Arizona would come back with seven, and then it would be, uh, you know, then Seattle would get a touchdown, then Arizona, and then they just started going back and forth, which made this game really entertaining all the way up until the end. Which, uh, as we all know, Gonzalez hits a field goal to tie it at 34. We go to overtime. And that's where things really got even more interesting because Arizona was able to, first off, they stopped Seattle on the opening drive. Then they drive down the field. They set up Gonzalez for this, like, 40-yard field goal. And he makes it. But then there was a slight problem. A slight yeah. hiccup in the plan. I'm trying to remember. Was it a delay it was, of game? No, yeah, a delay was, of game that got called, it was, right? No, it was Cliff Kingsbury oh, t- thought timeout. they were going to yeah. get a delay of game. The so refs called a timeout. The ref like, threw the flag. Right. And then, they. I don't know why, but this year in the NFL, if you call a timeout right at the zero mark on, uh, on the play clock, they're giving it to you. And I think Kingsbury was even a little after that. But I digress. It the delay of game didn't happen. It was a timeout. So he has the same field goal and he pulls it. (laughs) And then Seattle gets the ball back and they drive down the field and they get within field goal range. 
Um, there was a pass to DK Metcalf where he runs it into the end zone. We all think the game's over. Psych. And flag holding comes back. Next play, interception. <laughs> what? And then the Cardinals drive it back and put Gonzalez up for a uh, 48-yard field goal, which he drills to win the game uh, with, like, uh, I think 15 seconds left in the game. And, you know, at that point in time, it was uh, next, you know, any score wins, right? Yep, so- exactly. Yeah, after the first team has the ball, it's any score wins um, after that. Yeah, no, this game was wild. And, and you just – you know, gave a great synopsis there of, of what went down and just so much craziness. Another thing that was crazy and wild, which, you know, probably going to be a play of the year was Russell Wilson, again, throwing a pick. You think it's going to be a pick six. I mean, this guy is going down the left sideline. There is no one in sight. And DK Metcalf catches him after Insane. this. He wasn't, uh, even, was, no, no, he wasn't even around the pick. No, no. Like, it was a full-on between a 11 to 14-yard, like, head start that the safety had. And uh, DK Metcalf caught him at the 7, I want to say. It was the 7 or 6-yard line. And that right there, that play was a 14-point swing. And the reason I say that is because, you know, they were just about to score, the Seahawks, right? So that's 7 points. And that all of a sudden, heck, you can even go, like, 20. Um, and then all of a sudden, DK Metcalf stops him, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, he stops him, but no big deal, right? Arizona's going to score here. No, Seattle's defense finally gets a stop, and the Cliff Kingsbury and them decide to go for it on fourth down. And honestly, if you watch that play series, it was bad. The, the calls on first, second, and third down were all just atrocious. They didn't call one run play. They were not well designed. It was pass all the time. It was it was bad. I was like, I can't believe they're gonna blow this and not even gonna get a field goal. And then they go front and forth. I'm like, oh my god, this is so risky. And then you don't get it. It's a complete 14 point swing there, and really DK Metcalf completely saved, in my opinion, what a game that probably should have ended in regulation with the Cardinals winning, um, to go to overtime. It was it was a great game to watch. Super fun. What worries me. A little bit, Jared. I know they're five and one. It was only their first loss, but this defense—it's not Cowboys level bad, but it's not good. It's not far this, from it. Yeah, like that. That's if you're a Seahawks fan or, or anyone watching the Seahawks. You know, Russ is the ultimate trump card, right? He's right up there in my opinion with Patrick Mahomes. Him and him, those guys are one, two best quarterbacks in the league. They're the ultimate trump cards who can get you out of you know, most situations where if you had a Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, like a Matt Ryan, you're, you might be in trouble, but eventually you're going to lose games like this and you're going to start losing the better teams. And they haven't even played, you know, the Steelers, the Titans, the, uh, the Buccaneers yet, the, the Chiefs. So that right now, you know, they're five and one, they're doing well. They have Russell Wilson, but I am a little worried six games in the season, how much of Super Bowl contender they are unless their defense improves. Now, it's their front seven, I think that's the weak point. Yeah, it's really bad. Like, real, real bad. They didn't even – I mean, I I can't – I want to say there wasn't a sack all game. I can't remember if Murray went down in overtime, but I just remember watching and 
Murray obviously was doing a great job moving around in the uh, backfield, avoiding sacks. But at the same time, he was getting a lot of time back there. Um, and that allowed him to make these perfect, beautiful throws. I mean, he was hitting receivers. It was really Dude. impressive, almost on like a Russell Wilson-esque scale. And I don't like blaming this game on Russell, but he threw three picks. Um, Kyler had one. So the MVP talk for Russell Wilson kind of degraded this week. Uh, I think there's opportunity for Rodgers, Mahomes, and maybe I don't even know if you can put Brady in there yet. But uh, possibly. We can put him in there. Possibly. So I, I think that MVP talk is it's, getting open more and more open open. week after week. Absolutely. Yep. And speaking of which, who I do believe he is in, in the convo now after this past week's win, let's go to that Tampa Bay game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers went into Vegas. They won in a blowout. Um, I, I'm going to be very honest. I was very shocked by the score. I didn't have them winning by 25 points. The Bucs did win the game 45 to 20. They won the turnover battle, not by much, only by one. Um, and really the Bucs dominated this game, like overall front to back. It was a great victory. Tom Brady looked fantastic through five touchdown passes over 300 yards, was super efficient. And we had talked about it earlier, um, you know, a couple, two to three weeks back, Jared, about, you know, the weak spot really of this Raiders team. And it is that defense, you know, even when the chiefs lost um, last week, they still dropped 32 points on them. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like they played terrible offensively and that just like the Seahawks is going to be the downfall of the Raiders, probably not making it just because the AFC is also very stacked right? Like we've talked about the Steelers already, the Titans, you can lock those guys in for playoff bursts. Uh, you got the Browns five and two, you got the entire AFC West. So that's where I think the Raiders, unfortunately, probably are going to be looking like an eight and eight team and really need to address the defensive side of the ball to take that next step and become a playoff team. Um, Jared, what were your overthoughts of this game? Yeah, I, I am starting to regret um, how I've reacted to the Buccaneers towards the beginning of the season. They are proving themselves week after week. So I'm going to have to take back things that I've said in the past about this football okay. team. That's all right. I had to take back my Texans take. That one's straight in the trash where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're already approaching how many wins. I, I thought they would have like, uh, I think, I think you predicted seven and nine. Seven yeah. and nine. Yeah. So they're only a couple wins away from that. Um, it, you know, Tom Brady, man, fourth quarter King, what, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Um, Cause what I thought was going to be a close game. I don't know if you remember this, but the fourth quarter at the start of it was 24, 20 Tampa yep. Bay. Yep. And then Tom Brady just goes to doing what he does best in the fourth and scoring three touchdowns. Um, one of those might, no, no, no. I think, yeah, they – no, one was a Ronald Jones run-in. He's been great. Were, but still, Brady got them to score. You know, that's – the ball's in his hand almost every snap. So, it was really impressive. I thought the Las Vegas Raiders were going to be a little more competitive there towards the end, but uh, Brady's just – he looked unstoppable. This team is really – I think as the Bucks get healthier, um, they're going to be even a bigger threat. And, and they got AB coming in. 
Antonio uh, Brown. I think it might take a few weeks for him to do much. Um, like, yeah. I don't think he'll play next week. And then the week after that, maybe he knows the playbook, but you'll see him in kind of like what the Chiefs did with Bell. Um, I, I don't know if he's going to be running routes, uh, you know, every every set of downs. Right. But. I, I don't think it's like, oh, my goodness, look out world. I just think it's another tool in the toolkit for them, right? And really, it, you know, it was a couple of things on this edition, right? Godwin and Evans have been hurt. They've been in and out all, all year so far, right? So, you know, concerns there. Same with Scotty Miller, who's kind of like Wes Welker Jr. down there in Tampa Bay. Um, so it's a little bit of that. And then also, you know, it's this is a prove himself situation as well. You know, AB yeah. needs to go in there, be an upstanding citizen, do whatever the fuck Tom Brady tells him to do. Um, and he could get his, you know, his third or four, I don't know how many chances he's on now. Uh, it seems like five or six, but he could get in their chance if he does everything the right way, is a team player, and helps get this team win a Super Bowl. I think you also have to look at locker room chemistry and how bringing him on the team is going to impact that. We all know that Antonio Brown is one of the um, – how do I He's a prima this? donna. He's overly dramatic. Um, some Someone that I wouldn't want to play with necessarily. If I was playing for the Bucks, I wouldn't be thrilled with him coming on board. Um, but at the end of the day, he's a very talented NFL receiver, so we'll see what happens. Yep. And uh, Jared, as we we look far down the telescope here, this Bucks team is going to be nine and two before they play the Chiefs Thanksgiving weekend. They got the Giants next week, the Saints after that, the Panthers after that, and the Rams after that. They're going to be favored in all those games. Obviously, I'm I'm sure you probably think maybe the Saints or Rams can take one from them there, but there's a high chance that they're nine and two heading into that Thanksgiving week. I don't think it's a high chance. I think it's more of a 40% chance they're 9-2. and two. Um, This is the NFL. It's really hard to win week after week, no matter how good you are. We saw it with the Chiefs and Raiders. We saw the Ravens go down. And we've seen Green Bay go down. So if Brady has an off game, he's losing one of those games. Yep. This is true. I just don't think it will happen. Uh, all right. Last game in this tier, it's currently going on. The Rams are winning 7-3 to three right now. Um, Jared, you and I both had the Rams. I had them covering the six points. Did you as well, or did you think the Bears could cover the six points? I can't remember. I had, uh, let's see, the Rams winning 30-20. to 20, So, yeah, they okay, covered the covers six. Well. All right. Well, right now we're, you know, we're okay. And They're, by the way, for the Raiders game, I – Totally missed that one. I had the Raiders winning by three, 27-24, completely off. You know, that's okay because you were right on the Cardinals and, and I was wrong there, you know. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard, to, go, it's hard to go 14, 15, 16, and 0 um, every week. That, that week you went 15-1. and 1. That's, uh, that's what I like to call solar eclipse. Um, let's go to the Michael Bay tier. It will happen again. I, I believe it. I believe in you. I think eventually one of us is going to have a 16 and a week I th- or, you know, go on undefeated. the pick. Yeah. yeah. On the pick. I'm not, if, if okay. one of us goes against the spread undefeated, that this that's, podcast just got really popular. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be next level. Uh, but let's go to one. We both had the pick them right. Uh, but we swung and missed against the spread. We're in the Michael Bay tier. Now we had the Buffalo bills. You know, after two tough losses against really good teams, they pulled out a squeaker winning 18-10 against the New York Jets. 
it was not pretty. They did not play well. Um, and really, you know, kind of watching this game in and out a little bit, it was the penalties. They were just so – they had 11 penalties, Jared, for over 106 yards. And I remember seeing glimpses of this game, obviously, while I was mainly concerned about the Steelers. You know, I was, had my eye on all the rest of the games at noon. And just ill-timed penalties all the time. Like, it'd be like third and five, holding. Now you got third and 15. Like, stuff like that constantly. Or defensive holding, pass interference calls. It was – they were shooting themselves in the foot. And they should have covered this spread. But because of all those penalties, um, they just weren't, you know, able to overcome it to cover the spread. But obviously, you know, got the victory because it's it's the goddamn Jets and they're probably going to own 16. Yeah, I think I agree with that analysis. There was way too many penalties for the Bills. Um, that's probably due to a lack of player discipline and execution on the field. Um, you know, you got to go through your routines and, you know, make sure you're avoiding those false start, false starts. And, um, I think one thing we've seen this year is that without the crowd noise being that loud, um, we're seeing a lot of offside calls and a lot of false starts. And I think that's just because everyone can clearly hear the quarterback and a lot more hard counts and stuff will do that. So, um, a veteran team like the bills need they need to work on that and fix that immediately because if you're struggling against this new york jets team um you don't deserve to be anywhere in the playoff conversation so i was shocked um the bills just couldn't seem to find the end zone they had um six field goals so if you had that bills kicker on your team he was busy all day um but it's I'd like to see more out of Josh Allen. Uh, yes, they're five and two, but I this Bills team doesn't impress me much right now. Yeah, they've cooled off too since uh, roaring out to that four and zero start. Um, let's go to the next one, which you know I thought was a kind of a boring game as well. I'm, I'm not sure where to assess either of these teams, Jared. We have the Panthers against the Saints. Um, the Saints won this game. 27 to 24 they did not cover the spread um overall the the two main key takeaways i got from this game was the saints just dominated rushing the ball they rushed for over 150 yards and they were super efficient on third down which kept you know teddy bridgewater and company off the field uh the saints went 12 of 14 on third down that's that's absolutely incredible um Breeze looked good and efficient, you know, as usual. It was, it was dink and dunk, not really pushing the ball down the field too much. Michael Thomas, once again, didn't play. I feel like there's more going on down there with that situation than, than they're letting out of the clubhouse. Um, but overall, yeah, I mean, TBD, I, I really need to see the Saints here play the Buccaneers, which happens in a couple weeks, to assess you know how good are they. Their defense definitely is not as good as previous years where a lot of people thought they were a Super Bowl contender. And that so far has been the main difference to me, as well as uh, Drew Brees' decline in quarterback play. Jared, what, what do you think about the game? Yeah, I think you pretty much hit it. Uh, you're, week after week, we're seeing this uh, week, I want to say, Drew Brees that can't get the ball down the field, or he, he's definitely aging and you're starting to see it. Um, and they're working with that in a 
you know, they're, they're doing the right things, what you should do in that situation, which is the dink and dunk as boring as that is. Um, and using their weapons like Kamara to run the ball um, and the screen passes, you know, I, th- I think that's, that's how, that's the saints team now. And we've seen that, you know, a couple of years ago with the Patriots, they were very similar in that aspect. Their offense was. So I think the saints are kind of taken from that, uh, 2018 Patriots team, 2017, and and trying to run it that way, and and they're probably, I'm gonna say they're probably still gonna make the playoffs, um, just because they're beating up, they're they're able to get these wins against these mediocre teams, kind of in that like tier three range, like the Panthers. Right. Um, but I think we got to keep an eye out for the Panthers because Christian McCaffrey is back in practice and will be back next week, it sounds like. They're saying um, he'll be able to play um, Thursday because they played a Thursday night game. Oh, they're Thursday night. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that would be awesome um, for that Panthers team because I think that's what they're missing. Sure, uh, Mike Davis had a couple good games while CMC was out, but this last week, he did not. He, he was a pretty uh, – I think he had uh, like 12 yards on the ground. So they definitely are missing CMC. Um, and hopefully that can help that Panthers team out. Yeah. All right, let's go on to, we got the Cleveland Browns who uh, beat, not shockingly, the Cincinnati Bengals in a much higher scoring affair than, than I anticipated. I had a Browns 30 to 20 victory with them covering the three and a half point spread. They did not, um, but, the Browns did win. They won 37 to 34 with a, I want to say there was about like 17 to 20 seconds left when Baker threw that fifth touchdown pass um, the back right corner of the end zone. Um, so great win for them. Shouldn't have been that close, obviously, in my opinion. Uh, but either way, a win's a win. They're five and two now. Uh, they've beaten basically kind of, you know, all the not so good teams. And then, for example, they've played the Bengals already twice. And so that's two other five victories. And then they've lost uh, the Steelers and Ravens. So um, how to assess who Cleveland is. They're probably a nine and seven team, maybe 10 and six. And they're going to lose to that top tier of Titans, Ravens, Steelers, and Chiefs. And they're going to beat on all the uh, teams that will go below 500. But overall, I thought this game, you know, I didn't watch too much of it, but it was exciting. A lot of points scored. Both quarterbacks look good. Baker was 22 of 28, just barely under 300 yards, five touchdown passes with only one pick. And then Burrow, man, dude, this guy's for real. And this team isn't even good yet. Um, <laughs> he was 35 of 47 for over 400 yards, three passing touchdowns and one rushing. Jared, what did you think about this game? And then maybe more so a little bit about Burrow. I know Burrow's numbers are impressive, but, you know, this Browns defense isn't something to write home about. I think their secondary, I've said it, I think a couple of weeks ago uh, when they played the Cowboys, like Brown secondary is atrocious. Um, and Burrow was able to take advantage of that. I did. So I forgot to brag on that last game. I want to go back just for one second on the saints and Panthers. I predicted a 28 to 24 score. I was off. by. Oh, one wow. Point. You're off by one point. Jesus. So uh, there's point. three games this week where I missed it by one. Um, so for those of you who are looking at, you know, maybe putting some money down on that side of <laughs> yeah. that. Dude, I've never even looked at those odds. Like what are they? Like plus 5000? 
to predict the exact score. It's got to yeah, be something crazy, right? It it is somewhere in between. It depends on the game, uh, because however you know how big the spread is also matters. But yeah, you're talking anywhere between two thousand to ten thousand odds. God, that'd be so crazy. But the it's tough. Anyways, back to the Browns Bengals. Sorry, I wanted to take note of that because I had a really really good week on the predictions. Um, yeah, the, and for this one, I predicted the Browns to win, but it was like thirty to seventeen. So the Bengals kept it close. Um, what I'm interested in seeing is this AFC North play out. There's three teams right now that are all kind of neck and neck, the Steelers, Ravens, and Browns. Um, obviously, Steelers are undefeated. Ravens 5-1, and one, Browns 5-2. and two. Um, But from this game, the notes that I wrote down, Baker Mayfield, man, he came out and just, I think that first drive was god-awful. And then he put that all behind him and goes on to throw. Because I think that first drive is where he threw the interception. Yep. If I remember. Yep. Yep. So then he put that behind him and he comes out and throws like uh, five touchdowns for the rest of the game and almost hits that 300 yards mark. Um, And he also like had a really high completion rate after that interception. So I like that about Baker. He, He had a bad start to the game and was able to, forget about it immediately in the next drive. So that was impressive. And then, like you said, with Joe Burrow, some um, quality, quality stats numbers, but once again, these two defenses are not good. Yeah, <laughs> so just for not. these quarterbacks to just play around them, it shows that, yeah, they can play well at the NFL level against weak defenses, but you put these, either one of these teams up against the Steelers. That's what I want to see. Can Baker, and Joe Burrow um, play like this against a top-rated defense in the league. Yep. And probably not for a while. Um, but, hey, you know, give them something to cheer about over there. And, and right now, if, in case you, you forgot, um, I believe you agreed with me when we went on, like, early future predictions. I had the Bengals not winning above five and a half games. Um, and that is going to hit unless a miracle happens over there in Cincinnati. Now let's go to my two least favorite teams. Uh, yeah, I think I can say that. They're definitely my two least favorites. Um, the Detroit Lions, two and three, against the Falcons. And the Falcons, once again, Jared, once again, why did we, why did I, because I think you had the lights, why did I predict them to win? What was I thinking? They are the kings of blowing games. Literally, Todd Gurley, all you have to do is freaking go down at the one-yard line after the first down had happened, and they have no timeouts left, and you'll run out the freaking clock, dude. Like, Jared, just, you can go ahead and take the rest of it. I'm so upset. I'm never betting the Falcons. I remember. I'm so I, mad at myself for not following my rule that I said like two weeks ago. I hate life. Last episode, you said it was Matt Patricia was the reason. Right. You're not that was why. Lions. Right. I was like, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, that Falcons team is great at choking, which they did once again. Um, no surprise there. It's like something we've seen week after week with this team. And the other thing uh, is they have an interim head coach right now, and it's always a coin toss on how that's going to go. So I, I took the veteran team that, you know, Patricia's been there, Stafford's been there forever, um, and they pulled it off. And it was, it was a great game. 
Um, I think that, you know, if I see what you're saying with the Falcons um, and, you know, running out and because what they did was they scored a touchdown with a minute left. Right. Which, what are you doing? And they could have gone down and wasted more time and guaranteed themselves the victory. (laughs) Well, yeah, by kicking a field goal, right? Because they were down 16 to 14 before that touchdown. So I see what you're saying, and I agree with that. But I can understand why these NFL players are hungry to score. Um, But, man, the the one takeaway I have from this game is TJ Hawkinson is really – impressing me as a tight end and i think you know he maybe in a year or two depending on who the quarterback is if it's still stafford then definitely will be up along the ranks of kelsey um kittle and gronk Mm, a little little bold future take here i agree with you because that's why i drafted him uh he's a great man great great man um let's go to the next game i'm not going to touch on this too much jared because it was a blowout Packers dominated Houston. It was a 35 to 20 victory. Really wasn't even that close. Um, Arizona, or excuse me, not Arizona. Aaron Rodgers and company sprints it out to a 21 halftime lead. And then from there, it was just, you know, hold on, get the victory. Um, Packers came out and dominated like they should have after a rough, rough loss against the Bucks. And the Texans are absolute trash. I can't believe I ever predicted them to win the AFC South. I'm done. <laughs> Well, you know, projected to uh, for them to be at the bottom of the AFC. We side. know, Jared. We know. Not the bottom. Not the bottom. <laughs> I had the Jags at the bottom. I can't go that far with it. But yeah, this this Houston Texans team is, is on the struggle bus, and that struggle is very real, especially when you're playing Aaron Rodgers. Um, but yeah, the great Green Bay. Like I said, I think that um, not this past weekend, but the game before, where Rodgers was just a dud. You know. Teams have those kind of weeks. Players have those kind of weeks. And they got over it, turned it around, and put the gas down on this you know, terrible Texans team. So 35-20 to 20 was the final score. I think we both projected the Packers to win um, and cover. Oh, this is the one I was super close. I, I, I pulled a U. All right, what did you have? I had 35-20. 35-20? I was literally off by one. one or no. excuse me, I had 35-21. Okay. Sorry, I was going to so say, I'm you nailed it. One. Yeah, I was off by one. I pulled Very you. Nice. nice. I had uh, 38-31, so I was a little bit off on this one. But um, at the end of the day, Packers got a win. They move on to be one of the more impressive teams in the NFC. Um, and the Texans uh, go to keep proving my point that they will not make the playoffs. Amen. Now let's go to a team that definitely is making the playoffs, Kansas City Chiefs. They are now 6-1. and one. They dominated thoroughly beating the Denver Broncos up in Denver with a little snow action, you know, had some, had some snow angels out there, a couple snowmen. Um, it was 43, 16 victory. They dominated the turnover battle. Um, and this was the first game this season so far, Jared, a little tidbit. I'll let you give your analysis. Uh, where the Kansas city chiefs were the first team to score on defense, special teams and offense all in one game. Cause we had the pick six with, uh, Dirty Dan, a.k.a. Dan Sorensen, safety for the Chiefs. And then Pringle had the kickoff return for a touchdown. And then, obviously, you know, the Chiefs scored on offense. So, Jared, what did you think about this game overall? It was awesome to watch if you're a Chiefs fan because the amount of scoring was just phenomenal. 43 points is always going to be fun to watch. So, um, 
the Broncos are definitely struggling this year. Not as good as I thought they would be. Um, yeah, I swung and missed there. And, you know, kind of the quiet when, – when your team's scoring from every side and Patrick Mahomes only throws for one touchdown, I mean, he had a quiet game. He didn't have to do much. Like, they, yes, with the snow that they were doing a lot of running of the football. Um, so Edwards-Alaire looked really good. Uh, Bell got a couple touches, looked phenomenal already. Um, he seems to be amped up about this Chiefs team. Um, but Patrick Mahomes was very quiet, and I was kind of just wondering if he was going to get a touchdown because I wanted him to keep that streak alive of I think right now he's at 17 or 18 games in a row with the touchdown pass. Yep. Which is insane. And it looked like this was going to be the game where you know his streak was going to end. Um, and then it seemed like Andy Reid just kind of drew up a couple plays for him, uh, and he got one to Tyreek there in the third quarter. So uh, one fun fact of this game, or not really fact, but something that happened over the weekend was one of our friends called Brian Pringle oh, to yes. score a touchdown. I didn't know if you were talking about that here or gambling, but keep going. Go, go, go. Well, we can, get, we can go to the, I guess, later on in the gambling portion. But oh, no. Keep your momentum. I like it. Let's talk about it now because I'm <laughs> he, excited. He ended up returning a kickback. So the odds were, um, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. I'm trying to remember. Is it this plus, plus 1,200? Plus 1,200. Plus 1,200. Anytime touchdown. Insane. Oh, my and God. I, We're all going I, nuts. <laughs> and our buddy who called this has been on fire recently. Uh, with these touchdown props. So when Pringle, who is a third string receiver, maybe and special teams player, I don't even remember him. I don't remember him returning kickoffs. Usually Hardman's back there. And for whatever reason, he was back there for one of the kickoffs. Um, and he took it all the way to the house. And and we all were jumping out of our seats when that one hit. Um, but go ahead, Dan, what was your take? I loved it. I mean, yeah, so I was, I was with two of our buddies at a bar in Kansas City. And, yeah, you're right. Like, Pringle is, you know, kind of fifth, sixth wide receiver in line, right? Because you got Hill, Watkins. Um, Robinson right now. Robinson right now. Um, Hardman. And it and sounds Hardman. like... All, they're all in front of him. Yeah, they're normally all in front of him. But it sounds like, obviously, based on this game and a little bit last week, too, Pringle might be taking that Hardman spot. I haven't looked too much in, into why maybe Hardman's in the doghouse, but I loved it. We all loved it. Um, I, I, I placed a, a measly $18 on it, but you know you can do the math to figure out how much, uh, how much I want. But it was fun. It was a great bet. Good job, Thomas. Shout out to you, buddy. All right, let's go to the last Michael Bay tier game. Jared, this one shocked us both. I think, honestly, was the most shocking game, in my opinion, based upon the scoreline. The 49ers went up to New England and just spanked them around. <laughs> they won 33-6. to six. Uh, They dominated every aspect of the game. They dominated the turnover battle. They were plus two. They ran for 197 yards. The Patriots' offense was – I, I thought I was watching a high school football team out there trying to score points. Cam Noon did not look good. And, and this time they can't really use the excuse of we didn't have practice because they had a full week of practice. You know, Cam was allowed to go there. So the entire team was there practicing in person. As far as we know, 
and he went nine of fifteen and didn't even throw for a hundred yards. And he got benched in the fourth quarter. I mean, give it by that time the game was over, right? Um, I think the 49ers actually did that the previous week or two weeks ago with Jimmy Garoppolo when he was coming off a, a bad ankle injury. Um, so I don't think too much to read into that situation. But Jared, I, I was shooketh. I, I was I was I couldn't believe it. What what do you think? Yeah, this one caught me off guard. Obviously, I thought the Patriots were going to be better than the Bucks this year, and that has not turned out to be the case. I am wrong again. But, you know, this 49ers team, I think what's happening is a lot of their players are coming back from injury, and they're starting to stay healthy and play together, and that's starting to show because um, right now they're starting to get back in that shadow of um, the Super Bowl team they were last year. I don't think they're quite there yet, but this was definitely a step in the right direction um, and a step they needed to take to be more competitive in the NFC West. The Patriots. I don't know what's going on with them. Cam Newton couldn't get anything going all day. They ended up with two lousy field goals. um, And the other thing that's uh, really surprised me is Belichick's defense – has not looked good these past few weeks and I don't know if this is just a you know I don't think it's a slump I don't don't think this defense is going to turn it around at some point this season they are hurting from the amount of players that are that opted out due to COVID Um, the Patriots had the most opt-outs and most of those guys were playing on their defense or special teams so I think that's starting to catch up with them. And this Patriots team is nothing like we've seen in the past. And they're headed for, um, you know, just a dismal season where they won't even make the playoffs, which makes me happy inside because I am sick of the Patriots winning year after year. Um, and winning playoffs year after year. So and it's a nice turnaround for that NFC or AFC East. Um, and we'll look to, possibly the bills to take that one well i mean jared i can tell you what's wrong with the patriots the same offensive talent no brady no i I wasn't even really going to go there i'm just telling you the same offensive talent that we all agreed last year wasn't good when brady was the quarterback guess what it's all still there and tom brady knew that playbook like the back of his damn hand and they'd been that system so long that they could you know spin up different plays and scheme different things because of Brady's knowledge of the system and the playbook. Whereas Cam had the brand new, right? COVID, no OTAs, all this stuff, right? And then obviously he got COVID too. That's put a wrinkle in things. Uh, But really that's the difference is there's no offensive talent for this offense to look good. That is the problem. Now Cam has not looked great since week three. Um, he needs to take some blame, but I'm not going to, you know, pile on or, you know, imagine that if Tom Brady was here, things would be like drastically different. I obviously think if Brady was here, they'd go 10 and six, but I don't think this team with Newton, as I predicted, is going to be better than eight and eight. Um, and it, it's due. It's not due. I know there's the holdouts for the defensive side, but really the only starter was Hightower um, pre pre-camp and the season starting i just think it's more of a lack of the go look at bill belichick's drafting the past four years with offensive talent it's been terrible and his trades have been awful 
They traded a second round pick for Sanu, who was there for like six games last year, and then they caught him this offseason. He has not been a good general manager on the offensive side of the ball, and that's just a fact. That that is why they are not good. And if I was them, honestly, I'm hearing rumors that Washington, because Rivera's there, are gonna go after Cam Newton next year. And this is where teams get in trouble, Jared. We were talking about with Dak and not paying him like $42 million a year. When you pay a good quarterback elite money, that's when you get in trouble. And the Patriots don't want to do that. You don't go pay Cam Newton, you know, 20 to 25 to $30 million like a Kirk Cousins. That's where you're going to get in trouble. In my opinion, they should draft next year. I, they're not going to be bad enough to, um, you know, get like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, but I think there's multiple quarterbacks outside of them that are solid, and that would be my move if I was them. But that's just my two cents. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with those that take. It's just, uh, you know, I didn't think it would be this bad. This is a lot worse than I was expecting. Yep. Now let's go to our Rodriguez Cortez tier. These games will be quick. Um, Jared, I know you were nervous. I know you stopped watching, but my Eagles pulled it out for you, buddy. They pulled it out for you. Thank kept you. God. <laughs> they kept you alive in the Survivor League, man. Um, in case you missed it, I could basically break it down to the last like six minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, the Eagles looked terrible up until that point. You know, Carson Wentz still is out there, much like Andy Dalton's having to deal with in Dallas with backups on backups on backups. Led them down down 11 points in the fourth quarter, less than six to play to two touchdown drives to win the game 22 to 21. And it was a nail biter. <laughs> I obviously had them for the um, eliminator challenge, survivor league, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I was on the edge of my seat with four minutes left. Um, I think that's when the Eagles scored. And I thought there's no way they're going to hit the ball back to score again because they were down by one still. Right. And I turned it off and I went to go do other things. And I regret that decision. I should have probably kept watching. Although if I did keep watching, they probably would have lost. So I'm a little <laughs> uh, suspicious or superstitious when it comes to sports. <laughs> um, so is anyone still left with you? I guess we can wait. We can wait to talk about that. Anyone in, in still the left like uh, you, in, other teams? In, yeah. In your Survivor League pool. I haven't checked. I'll, I'll check while well, we're going yeah, through these. Yeah, quick. Yeah. But uh, that's I, a good right. question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it Thursday night after I won, and no one else picked the Eagles. I know okay. that. There you go. All right, let's go knock out these last two games here. Um, Cowboys, dude, Jared, we both, like, talked about how we probably should have picked Washington but couldn't pull the trigger. Well, we found out why we were talk almost talked ourselves into that on the podcast last week. Washington dominated this game 25 to 3. They won the turnover battle. Andy Dalton got concussed and got taken out of the game in the third quarter. Um, as we talked about, they sacked Dallas six freaking times, which is exactly what we were worried about when we predicted a Dallas victory. And they had over 200 rushing yards, were super efficient on third down. And really, that was the game. This team, this team might have a worse record than the Giants or the Washington football team, because Dak ain't coming back, and these injuries, they are piling up, and they look bad. And that team looks like they have no energy out there. I presume everyone in Dallas agrees. Yep. Yeah. When you do uh, 
142 yards of total offense, you're not going to win football games. Um, they also lost the turnover battle and first downs. They had 12 compared to the 21 first downs by Washington. So it was ugly. Uh, I don't want to sit here and talk about how bad the Cowboys are. We'll just move on, but do not put your money anywhere near that team. Nope. Um, real quick, last game, Jaguars, Chargers, Chargers got the victory as we anticipated Jared. Um, they did cover the spread. They won 39 to 29 in a, in a, higher scoring affair than than I predicted. Um, and really the big takeaway for me here was Austin just Chargers have their quarterback. <laughs> I know it's not against great teams, but he looked good against the Bucks defense, Jared, and we talked about it. You kind of gave slight towards the Bucks with regards to Herbert playing so well, but he's played well against the good defense and the Bucks, who are top five. You go look at all the stats, every stat line, and he's done it against not so good teams. They got to be happy over there. I agree. And the third quarter is what impressed me. Jacksonville was up 29 to 22, and Herbert just threw a bomb. Uh, I think it was 70 yard touchdown pass. And uh, I can't remember who the guy was, like Gutton. <laughs> I don't even know how to pronounce think, his name. I think Guyton. that sounds right. And let me, let me go take a peek. He, he uh he caught the ball in like full stride. It was just a perfect pass. Uh and for 70 yards, that's really impressive for a, a rookie, obviously. So that ties the game. Um, and then Herbert wasn't done. They got the ball back and he drove down the field and he solidified that victory with the last touchdown of the game where he ran it in. It was only a five-yard run, but it was a really impressive run for um someone like him, and he just dove into that end zone and was ecstatic. And I agree. The Chargers have their franchise quarterback sign this guy. He has been good week after week. And um, you just give him some weapons to work with. And this that Chargers team will be very quick to turn it around. Yep. Agreed completely. And uh, to the guy who caught that 70-yard pass, you were close. It's Guyton. Jalen Guyton. Guyton. Okay. Yep. Never so close. <laughs> Never heard of that guy before. <laughs> if that either is a lack of football knowledge or that guy just came out of left field. Yep. All right. Let's uh let's head to gambling. Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! God, it feels good to uh no longer have to uh scream that myself. Um Great movie, Jerry Maguire, Tom Cruise. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, Jerry, let's head on into it. You on your Survivor League pick with the Eagles. Were you able to look if anyone else is still alive in your polls or just you? And did you win? So, unfortunately, um, there are still four. Oh, I forgot Monday. Oh, there's still four. Nobody predicted like Monday night. Yeah, so what happens is you get to see what they who they picked after the game occurs. So, oh, no okay. one's on tonight's game. Um, but two guys went with the Bills and someone took the Chiefs. All those, uh, both those teams won. But yep. man, that Bills being upset by the Jets would have been nice. Oh, that would have been huge. Been you and another guy. Yep. All right. Well, hey, you're still alive. You know, everyone should be following you um, going in the next week. I've got a good idea who you're going to pick because I I took a quick Snapchat at early peak ski on the uh, week, week eight matchups, and I've got a good idea who you're going with. But uh, let's go to the lock of the week. I hit mine. I told you guys to hit the Packers three and a half. 
it was a snoozer. You're welcome. Uh, Jared, did you hit yours? I can't remember who you took. I did not. I had the Browns minus three and a half. Oh, lost by half a point. Oh. So I'm sorry, folks. That was uh, just not the game I should have gone with. I, I really regret that. I, I really should have gone with my gut last week and taken the Steelers as that uh, pick them. Oh, yeah. Because for sure. they were just, uh, I think the odds on that one were, were even. Uh, you could just pick whichever team to win. And I was really confident in that Steelers team winning that game. So I, re- I regret not having that as my lock. Yep. And then uh, we talked about the Pringle one. That was awesome. Um, my parlay, if you followed, which I didn't hit for the amount I said in the podcast, but I had the Buccaneers minus three, Packers minus 3.5, you know, with my lock. And then I had the Steelers who, you know, plus one. So if you took those and bet $100, you would have netted yourself 550. Um, I scaled it down to about 25. So still, still good winnings. Um, I also did another teaser, which I didn't talk about on the podcast. That did me some solid money. Um, but yeah, Pringle Man had a lot of money on the Steelers' money line. It was great. It was a great gambling weekend. Great gambling yeah, weekend. That Pringle win alone, I think, took care of all my bets for the weekend. Um, the parlay that I had, it was, God, it was really good up until the Cowboys. So I had Brown's money line that hit Cowboys money line, which lost lions money line hit bills, money line hit chiefs money line hit. And then I had Eagles minus four and a half. And so my my parlay was done after Thursday (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) to even make it into the weekend. But you know, that's what parlays are for, right? Exactly. You know, gotta gotta risk it to get the biscuit. All right. Well, that uh, wraps it up for us here on episode twenty-one and, and recapping week seven. Thanks everyone for stopping by, and we look forward to uh, you guys listening in Thursday morning when we uh, analyze and predict who's going to win week eight matchups. Hey, man. Hey, man.